This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. That's right, DB. Kings of the podcast, episode 15, or as you chirped me right before we came on, episode 14.7. But uh, episode oh, yeah. 15, welcome back. Hey, it's great. Great to be back. Uh, the Kings go home for one day, and then uh, they'll be on the road the rest of the month. Now, or before They won't have another home game until Christmas, right? Uh, well, yeah. You know, actually, we're just uh, we're recording today live from uh, Toyota Sports Performance Center, TSPC. Get that right, DB. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> this time around. Yeah, you know, names are changing. Things are changing. It's a whole new era. They're ushering in here with the Kings organization. But uh, I had a chance to catch up with uh, Kyle Clifford for a couple minutes before yeah. we came up and talked about the recent road trip. We'll, we'll get to that. But first, I want to ask you about, we're coming off the weekend. We're talking about, uh, or we're watching football. And, yeah. and you're at the Rams game. Yep. Uh, Rams season ticket holder, by the way. <laughs> You love mentioning that. Does I love it get you a little extra cred? I mean, I guess you're a former Giants fan. Hey, we're both season ticket holders of this team, so we can uh, we can talk about. Yeah, the, look, I love the Rams. I am not getting the seat licenses more, uh, Jay. I'm not. I'm not going for 30k per, per seat. Not going to do it. No. Okay. For football. Ever. Motley Crue's playing at the building. You would get first right. I think to tickets oh, or something, well, but. Uh, not Maybe a good I'll lineup. My mind, yeah, not a, not a good lineup. But uh, <laughs> tell us what happened at the Rams yeah. game. I, I hear that uh, there was a kid who kind of stole the show. Well, you know, there's going to be a Rams night at the uh, Kings game on Tuesday night. Yes, yes. So hopefully the Ram, uh, the Kings screen their their on screen uh, guests better than the Rams did because they had a, like a ten year old kid. It was a uh, like a trivia question, and you went against a player, and whoever had the most points or had the most people named, um, you'd win a prize, like a silent helmet or football. Now. Preface that by saying uh, some of the Kings were there last night in support of the Rams. Uh, Drew Doughty, John Quick, and uh, Trevor, Lewis. Trevor Lewis. And the mascot, Bailey. And Ty Tavoli. And, and Ty was there too as yeah. well, yes. Yeah, so, now, was it, I just have to ask though, it was it was an unofficial Kings night, right? The Rams didn't promote correct. that as Kings night. But they did light the torch. Okay. And they stood back there and light, lit the torch. They do that every game. Um, and the guys were having fun. As you saw it on Instagram and Twitter, they were having some fun. So they bring this kid up. I don't know, it's the third quarter or second quarter. About Name as many celebrities as you can. And he was going to go up against Michael Brockers. Right? So this kid starts naming, like, random, it was great, random Disney characters and Derek Jeter. And so he's standing next to Rampage and Bailey. Mentioned Rampage. Doesn't mention Bailey. And oh, the clock's running. Lion didn't even get a, didn't didn't even get get a, a shout out. Oh, and he's, boy. he's going, and mind you, that, you know, the Kings were there on the board. And the clock's running out, two seconds, one second less, and the ten, then the kid goes, Corey Perry. <laughs> I'm like, I turned on Corey wife, Perry. PJ, I'm like, did he just say Corey Perry? When the little King's there, lying there, and everything. Did somebody whisper it in his ear? It must like, have been from Orange <laughs> County. The Disney characters and Corey Perry. Okay. It was, and that was just. 
So he's just naming like Mickey Mouse, yeah, Dumbo, random, Snow White. They're not celebrities, exactly. <laughs> Corey Perry. And Corey Perry is the last one. I'm like, okay. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah, hopefully uh, Rams night at the uh, Staples Center will be a little better, a little better focused than, uh, than last night. Well, DB, coming up today uh, on the episode in the second period, we're going to talk music with one of the real true legends of the music industry, Absolutely, John. Uh, Brian Slagle, who is the CEO, uh, founder of Metal Blade Records, of course, the guy that discovered Metallica. Uh, fans yep. that follow us uh, know about him because, yeah. uh, you a know. A true OG of metal. Oh, he, sure. is, he is the man, yeah. uh, no doubt about it. And uh, since music is going to kind of be a theme here, DB, yeah. I, I'm going to drop something on you. I didn't mention to you before the show, I was going to say this, but while you were at the Rams game on Sunday. Yes. Um, I was down in Orange County myself. Right. I wasn't hanging concert. out with Corey Perry or Mickey Mouse, but I was at uh, the house that <laughs> Disney built. I was there at the Honda Center. I went to K-Rock Acoustic Christmas. And I have to tell you, it's a weird feeling, DB. Acoustic Christmas, yeah. this is like, I think the 30th year. It used to be a destination show. It was right. one of the key shows that you wanted to go to right. every single yeah. year. I wanted ticket. to go to right. every year. Love the lineup. This year, I didn't care for the lineup very much. There were two bands, though, that I did want to go see. Uh, on Sunday, the Interrupters, who yep. I tweet about all the time, just a fantastic band, one of the one of the real fun, fun live bands. Right. I think we almost got their music on. Yeah, the we did. I asked oh, you. Did. To, yeah, they did a cover of uh, Billie Eilish or whatever yeah. that that yeah. girl's name is. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry, but uh, she has the song okay. "The Bad Guy," Bad and I wanted guy, you to yeah. play it. Yeah, we got the wrong one. We'll fix that. But anyway, <laughs> so the Interrupters are fantastic, um, and the other band was Twenty One Pilots, who uh, yeah. I've seen a couple times, sure. and they put on a really a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know we've lost. From my world, the music that's important to me, I would say we've right. lost a, a couple of really good people over the last couple sure. of years. You know, Chris Cornell passing right. was tough. Scott Weiland passing was tough. Yes. And then Great also singers. Chester Bennington from Linkin Park. That sure. was kind of the, the worst hat trick possible right. in those three right. guys. But I will say in 21 Pilots, it, it, it's the closest thing that I felt live of what I felt with Linkin Park. Oh, like really? They, they, they have this amazing ability of, of connecting with the people in That's the audience. Great. You go and see some great bands, even like Metallica. They put on a great performance, but you never leave the show feeling like you just became best friends with the They're lead singer. They're detached from the Yeah, and yeah. They, I just think that like Chester had that special ability to reach right. into a crowd of 15,000 and sure. connect with every one of them. I think that 21 Pilots kind of does the same thing so it was an amazing show but um and you're a tough grader john i know you well the thing that i wanted to bring up was mumford and sons because they're a very popular band they are yeah it's not in my wheelhouse not someone that i really care for um but they were they played last night and i i want to just at least give them a little bit of credit because i saw them actually i think it was at acoustic christmas about felt like 10 years ago maybe i don't know it wasn't that long but anyway one of the most interesting things to me about going to a music festival is either discovering bands that you've never seen before or seeing bands that you've seen before and didn't care for and how they've changed because bands mature Great at a different point. rate. So yeah. anyway, my point to this was that, that Mumford & Sons have really developed in, into a very interesting act. They have this kind in of- In what way? Well, they have like a couple of almost like Springsteen type anthems where like they're, they are a, an arena rock band okay. now that they weren't before. Before they were- they just weren't my cup of tea. I right. give them full credit. They found a little niche. That's what you have to do in music. Absolutely. But yeah. they, they, you know, they had like the banjo and the stand up yeah. bass and the long beards and they look like, <laughs> you know, like they're in a Jack Daniels commercial or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, commercial. Yeah. It wasn't my thing, but, um, they have some real rock anthems now. And when they, when they, when they convert into just a straight ahead 
rock band, band. Yep. and put all the banjos and everything else away. You buy in. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah very interesting uh, um, band. And I'm, I'm not sure where it goes, but yeah. I will at least give them credit because I certainly have had an, uh, enough negative things to say probably <laughs> 10 years ago if I was to go back through my Twitter. So good on them for, for maturing and developing. And that That's was a, a pretty exciting thing. Uh, That's a great thing about those shows that you get samples of eight or nine or 10 bands. That's why I love festivals. festivals a lot of people complain festival. about festivals. I love festivals because I love sampling eight or 10 bands in one night. You know, yeah. there was another band, um, the 1975, right. who I, again, I saw them in a music festival many years ago. I heard yeah. a couple songs. I was like, ah, it's all right. Yeah. Last night they came out and song one was absolutely amazing. I mean, they were rocking. It was mm -hmm. awesome. And I was like, right. wow, this band is going to be good. Weirdest thing happened. Second song, didn't like it as much. Third song, liked it even less. It's kind of like a weird set list because then towards the end, they started rocking again. Right. And it's funny because in one of our recent episodes, we talked about violent gentlemen staying in their lane. And when people go right. out of their lane, how exactly. fans don't like it. Sure. When bands go out of their lane, I think you have to... Um, do it in almost like a small sample way. Like I know what I'm going to get when I go see Kiss. When they do right. Beth, the, the slow song, it's okay. It's like one song, one right? Song, when right. GNR does November Rain, it's like one, one song. song. You know, you can do a couple of those, but you want to get the essence of the band. I don't know who the 1975 are. Right. They had like three or four different genres all within a 30 minute set. Some people would say that's awesome, right. but I was looking around and I was watching people react differently. When they played the hard stuff, a certain group of sure. fans reacted to the really hard right. rock. Right. And when they played their more synth pop boy bandy kind of stuff, yep. that's what I would call it. I'm sure that their fan base doesn't, <laughs> but the, the yeah. other side of the house was kind of rocking. So yep. I, I don't think they had a, a cohesive well, bands get bored sometimes. Sure. Right. But it, and sometimes the popularity wanes because of it, right? Mm -hmm. You take risks. Like, we're going way, way back, like the Eagles, when Joe Walsh came in. Like, the country rock band that the Eagles were changed when Joe came in. And, and there was a faction of fans sure. that, that hated it. Of they course. Didn't want it. But People now, don't like change. Now, <laughs> yeah, now 40 years later, they're still playing Hotel California. Let's get back yeah. to the hockey. We have plenty of time to talk music with Brian Slagle. So on the ice, DB, yeah. uh, the Kings have played two games since we uh, had, had our last show. They were up in Western Canada. They played the Oilers. They played the Flames. Let's sort of break down each game there with a couple of highlights or lowlights, depending on your point of view. Uh, I think uh, Leon scored in the Oilers game. Yeah, the, the Kings ended play. up shocking. Yeah. <laughs> and the Kings lose a, a one-goal game. What were some of DB's takeaways from, from well, that game? In another slow start and another disappointing effort on the road. This team is just so different at home and then on the road. And, you know, they'll play the Rangers tomorrow night. Um, it, it was just, you can't go in the box against that team. And you're asking for it when you did. And, you know, and the funny thing about that team, Edmonton, is that they're not good five on five. Like, if you could stay out of the box against that team, you're going to win games. And you're going to want most of the games you're going to, against that team, you're going to win. They couldn't do it. And it was tough. So it, it was another slow start. The one thing about this team is that they hang around and they hang in. That's the, that's the one thing, uh, you know, Todd always says, no moral victories, right? But the one thing I'd give this team credit for, and it was a little different in, in Calgary, obviously, they hang around and they hang in, right? And they're because they're five on play, five on five play is better, and they're playing better defensively. They're not better defensively on the power play, I mean, on the penalty kill. So that means they probably need different personnel down the line. Maybe when the youngsters come up, you have maybe a Darren Anderson Dolan or somebody playing on those lines, but they're just, they're not aggressive. I, I, you know, I do some. Uh, um, subscribe to some advanced stats companies, and they're just not aggressive on the power on the penalty kill, and that's part of it, I think. It may be because they don't have the players, the explosive, speedy players. Because you know, when you get uh, Trevor uh, Lewis and Jeff Carter out front on the 
the penalty kill, they're not that explosive players anymore. They can go and be aggressive. So I just think that it was some unwise penalties, some bad decision-making early on, another slow start that cost them two points. Now, Kyle Clifford uh, was a healthy scratch. That, well, actually, was a uh, sick was scratch. Sick. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say he's a healthy scratch, but he was ill that night, so he did not play. Came right. back uh, and played against Calgary. The Kings... While they never really led in the Oiler game, they right. were able to uh, pick up a couple goal lead yeah. early in the in the Calgary game, and then ultimately came back to lose one game. But let's first talk about the Clifford fight. Yeah, uh, rather interesting going up against uh, Zach Ronaldo. Yep, and who happen- matchup happens to be uh, repped by the same agent uh, that yeah. Kyle Clifford has, and uh, from what we understand. Cliffy's agent basically had told him going into the game or had mentioned to him, hey, if you're going to need to, you know, go toe to toe with somebody, you know, probably not. No, not, not with Zach, (laughs) not somebody on the same roster type thing, you know, but uh, Cliffy being Cliffy, uh, that doesn't even enter his brain. Instead, what happens is there's a questionable hit on Perkorkin and uh, Cliffy doesn't like it, takes exception to it. And even though it's a TV timeout now, he says that he didn't see the hit, Right. Right but that he was told that it was a dirty hit. He knows enough of the reputation of, of the course. player, right. and he basically decides that he's going to take matters into his own own hands. TV timeout be damned, DB. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, I haven't seen this type of thing since the Smythe division back in the 90s. The ice girls are cleaning the ice. Who yeah. cares? Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't even imagine what was going through the brains but of I the ice imagine- girls. Like, if I imagine one guy who would do that, it would be Kyle Clifford. Oh, there's nothing question. more Kyle Clifford than that moment Let's right go. there. It's like, just... I'm not waiting. Let's no, go. I'm not waiting. Business needs to happen. It needs to be taken care of. We're not going to do it on your timetable. We're going to do it on my timetable. That's why he's an integral part of this team. We, we said this chapter and verse, and John, you wrote yep. a great story, was it two seasons ago, yes. about, about why... You, Call Clifford needs to be on this team for exactly that reason. He's the fabric of the team. He is the culture. I mean, if you look up King's culture in the dictionary, one of the players that you would see there would be Kyle Clifford. Um, So besides the interesting fight (laughs) that took place during the TV timeout, um, any other sort of key takeaways? I know Jack Campbell wasn't too happy with himself uh, saying he kind of took it personal that he, uh, that he gave up four goals in the game. Yeah. Well, the power play go by Lucic and Lucic is finally starting to score, you know, change the series and and kind of, that was a, that was kind of a a moment, momentum uh, turner for me. And uh, look, there was some bad defensive plays. And I think that, um, I talked to one of the players, and I won't say who after the game. I, I, I asked him about the room, and was there any concern about the room fracturing or or not listening to Thomas? Like, absolutely not. It's just a lot of frustration mm-hmm. because, I'll be honest, John, a lot of guys aren't producing, and you have one line that's basically producing. You have a, pe- a power play that's not producing. When you have three players who are playing together and playing well, and that's it, you can't win games in the NHL. So I think that's it. Is that There's a lot of frustration in the room. They know they're playing well because they do play well for 50 or 55 minutes at a time, but then the Johnny Goudreau goal to, to Monaghan was not played well defensively. All right, And now it's Johnny Goudreau. It's Sean Monaghan. I get it. I understand it. It's just that the production on this team is just – maddening poor i mean it just they just can't finish anymore and it's 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 frustrating for this team so i would classify the room right now is really highly frustrated because i think they see like the system's working yes they, they go into games and they're getting 30 35 shots on goal and they're getting opportunities not not great a opportunities they don't go to the slot a lot so maybe the mentality there has to change or maybe in the transition to different players they will have those opportunities and have that skill um so I don't think they, they certainly have not tuned out the message. It's just a lot of frustration now, and it's going to be tested because, again, 
the majority of this month they're going to be on the road, and they're now what two ten and one on on the road. That's that's totally unacceptable. But it's funny because this, their play, their level of play, is not two ten and one. Like like last year, they were overmatched. Sure, right? They're not overmatched this year, and that, that's what you saw in 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 Edmonton and Calgary two one goal losses because primarily they can't score. And I think that once the trades do start to happen, we're, we're finally inside that sort of 60-day window where yep. the trade deadline, there's nothing coming before Christmas and probably not no. even early January, but in about 60 days from now, if everybody can just sort of hold on, once some trades start to happen and, and the future starts to become a little clearer, yeah. instead of hearing about it, people will start to see it more with their own eyes. Yeah. I think it'll be better. I agree. And, and I think that, and I don't want to use the word, but it's dead wood. You got to clear out some guys yeah. who just aren't producing and Fans got to be patient. I think the players got to be patient as well because the guys who know they're going to stay here are getting frustrated because they're not getting support underneath them with the expected depth scoring. And I said to him, I said, look, you know, it's it's going to happen, but right. it's, it's so maybe wait. the second half of the yeah, <laughs> Just wait. Just wait. The second <laughs> half of the season might be a little bit better, but at least structurally, like you could see, John, the system that is working, right? They're getting opportunities. They're getting chances, and I think the players like to play the system. It's just maybe the wrong players in the wrong spot. Sure. All right, a couple of quick updates here as we wrap up the first period before we uh, bring in Brian Slagle. Some injury updates, DB. I've been getting yeah. asked a lot about two players, Derek Forbert and Daniel Brickley. Let me start with Brickley real quickly. Um, he played a couple games at the beginning of the year for the Ontario Reign. He was injured. He's been out. He hasn't even been skating, so he's not wow. coming back anytime soon. The last update that I had as of a couple days ago was that he was getting ready to do some solo skating, which is long before you ever even start to take practice right, with the team, right. just sort of getting back into the swing of things. So it's going to be a slow rehab for Daniel Brickley. Sure. don't have a even an estimate of a timetable of when he's going to be back but <clears throat> on the good news side of things um you know the rain do have an abundance of defensemen so yep. uh brickley's not they don't need him to rush back Go take your it. time fix the injury and then patience get, john what have we talked about since september we should change this to the patience of the podcast or something <laughs> like that but yes patience is beyond the theme of the year all, all across the, the board minute of play in the uh, you have derek forbert as well uh db i briefly mentioned it on the last podcast yeah. as the news was just coming in um and now i have a little bit more clarity there which is that uh forbert did experience uh, sort of a setback during practice with the rain, he played uh, the Wednesday game before Thanksgiving and then played that Friday again. They were hoping that maybe he would get on a, an extended conditioning right. assignment, get a couple more games in last week. Yeah. Didn't happen because he had a setback during practice. Sure. He's now back on IR. No real timetable for when he's going to return. But it's not. It's the same thing. It's oh, same thing. thing. Yeah, no, nothing, no, as far as I know. No, no, no nobody said anything new. So, um, yeah, just I think it was... Uh, yeah, you know, when you said on the last... Pod, I was like, oh, I smell a rat here because the, rec the recovery time and it's a little sore. I'm like, mm. yeah, no, you picked up on it. Yeah. You sniffed it out. That's yeah. a wrap on the first period, guys. We will be back with Brian Slagle. We'll talk all oh, things yeah. metal and all things <laughs> hockey. For the second period here and our special guest this week db we have wow, uh, this is very special well it is because he's a former member a former cast member of kings of the round table That's and right, now that we've yeah. transitioned over to kings of the podcast with just the two of us we had we tried to get some of our uh, former cast guys on brian slagle ceo the head guy over at metal blade records you may have heard of him it's kind of weird when you're out with your friends somewhere and the other people come up and want autographs so there's nobody here tonight wanting an autograph, but uh, you're, you're kind of a big deal. 
<laughs> it's more photos than autographs. Thankfully, it's a lot easier. Okay. Well, I, the first time I experienced it was we were actually at Metallica, and the, the guy came up, and um, we were talking to the guy. I don't know the guy's name. I'm sorry, but the guy who produced the last Metallica album, you were introducing him to me. We were talking. Greg Fiddleman. Yeah, and, the, and then that kid came up, and he's like, oh, my God. Are you Brian Slagle? Dude, I have to get your autograph. It was, <laughs> and it was very different. Um, yeah. For me, just because when sure. I've been with you before, people recognize you. Like, hey, what's up? They want to fist bump you, but um, I guess they want to picture. Every once in a while, there's an autograph or two. Why not? So, I mean, yeah, you discovered Metallica. That's that's a big thing. Yeah, he's one and, of the godfathers of metal. Come on, Slayer, who just uh, recently retired mm -hmm. as a band. You were all over those ago. shows, man, on Instagram. Yeah, I went oh to, my god, I went you went crazy. The, I went to all three of the last three. All of the last three. All of the last three shows? Yeah. yeah. I was with him for four days, the whole thing. I was kind of exhausted at the end of it, actually. <laughs> There's a great picture of us also, uh, the, the four of us. With Kerry King. With Kerry. Yes. <laughs> which, which actually, he took a little bit of heat because he used to be a Kings fan, yes. and then he's wearing the Golden Knights jersey in well, that picture. But he lives in Vegas now, right? He lives right? in Vegas. He's a Golden Knights season ticket holder. Well, kind of. I mean, they're my <laughs> season tickets, but they're kind of sort of his. Brian's too. converted a lot of people, I think. I, well, you know. He's just, converted it's, himself, it's right? It's Vegas. Yeah, it's weird for me, you know. It, it's always interesting to come back to L.A. and go to a Kings game that doesn't involve the Knights because you kind of revert back to, you know, watch, going to see Kings games. I mean, I started in 1982, so it's been a long time. So it's, it's fun to come back and, and see, see some games here at Staples. I've been to, I don't know, talking to my buddy the other night when I was here, I don't know, five, 600 games that I probably saw here. I don't even know how many at, at uh, the Forum. And then being at the Forum for Slayer was even – crazier because I went to so many concerts and, right. and Kings games there too. So now, how, What do you think about the new building? Well, it's not a new building, but what do you think about the, the remodeled forum? I mean, it's great for concerts, but I no longer feel like it's the forum. Meaning I don't, no. I, when I used to go for years after the Kings sure. left, I still felt that like it was still a hockey building where I was seeing a concert. Now I just feel like I'm going to a concert hall. Well, I can still see where the old forum kind of looks. They, they didn't change it structurally as much, so I can still kind of see where my tickets were and how it used to be. So it's still a little nostalgic for me as well, but it's definitely much different than it used to be. They the didn't change club the bathrooms. Is, <laughs> no, I know, right? The forum yes, club, they did. They're black now, which makes them yeah. even better. The forum club is the big thing that's different because mm -hmm. yeah. it's now completely different the way it used to be. So that's what kind of freaks me out sometimes. Yeah, outside, I still... Get Still that feeling, yep. right? But once I'm inside, I don't know, to me, just the way they've gutted out the lower bowl, bit. the I floor mean, section. You're right. It doesn't look like a sports arena, but I can st it's still the feel of it is still okay. kind of there a little bit. So it's still I there a for you. nostalgic sometimes. I love that building. Oh, me I too. I just, I mean, it's great. It, it's I, had the, I had the greatest seats there. So it's a it was a weird building configure because they didn't configure it right. I don't know why they built it the way they did. But anyway, I had seats five rows off the ice in the corner and we were above the glass. So you could literally see everything, wow. every bit of the ice perfectly. I mean, I, I love those seats. They were just incredible. The glass was lower back then, too. So glass that probably, was lower. <laughs> that probably helped. <laughs> yes. We yeah. had... Uh, never got hit with the puck either. So. You never did? Nope. Okay. Not close. Uh, we had uh, one of our mutual friends. We had Greg Hudson on the show recently. Yes. And I guess I must have confused you going to games in the early 80s for the first time with him because... I brought it up, and he said, no, I went to my first game in, like, 1972. And I said, wow, yeah. Greg, really? <laughs> he was, well, I went to – so I started going regularly in 82. I think my first Kings game was 78, 79. I went a few times when I was a little kid. But, one, but 82 is when I got kind of partial season tickets, and that's when it all just unfolded. Okay. And Metal Blade was a few years after that. Metal Blade started in 82. Oh, same year. Same year, yeah. 
did you not have any interest in other sports, or was it always just hockey? No, I was. I grew up playing baseball. Actually, I was a baseball player, and I was I was fairly decent. And I went to Taft High School in Woodland Hills. Sure. The, I got there the year after Robin Yount, who's a now Hall of Famer. <laughs> so we were kind of not so good, and the coaches were that good. So it kind of ruined my baseball career. But I played baseball. I played basketball. I played pickup hockey. We I was we were poor growing up, and I couldn't afford the ice time or the. Uh, Equipment. The, the equipment or anything, so I never got to play organized hockey, but we played pickup and broom ball and all that crazy stuff, too. So I, I played all sports. I, I'm a huge sports fan. Give us the, for people that don't know, give us the brief history. Obviously, it's a great book. People can read your book. They can read yes. all about it. Um, uh, that came out with the, uh, what, the 30th anniversary of? 35th. 35th anniversary of Metal Blade. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. No, no. Uh, <laughs> by the way, quick side note before I forget, people, uh, I tweeted about it when I was in Vegas last time. They need to go over to the store yes. uh, that you've set up over there um, because they can see some of the older Metal Blade logos on the T-shirts and just some really cool old Metal Blade stuff. Yeah, we have a little booth at the Antique Mall of America in Las Vegas, which is like 10 minutes off the strip. And yeah, we have tons of vinyl and T-shirts and Metal Blade T-shirts and old stuff that we found lying around that we're... Might as well sell instead of sticking in a storage unit. So it's kind of fun. So gold records. Record well, there's a gold record there. Yeah. DB, you have to get to this store because yeah, no. it's just it's not. Fun. It's not what you think. Like it's not just t-shirts no, and no, some no, records. No, no. There's some real. There's some it's props history. from some videos and like yep. it's like the me- yeah. It's it's kind it's of history. like the metal blade history. And then you go a couple aisles over. And uh, you can buy some real antiques. <laughs> and you can, well, not only that, but it's like your personal, they have like hockey cards oh, yeah. from Brian's Garage. I have, a whole, I have hockey jerseys and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah. So Pittsburgh Penguins golf shirts. Yep. Of course. Yep. Penguins. There you go. Brian, does it seem like 35 years? No, and it's not even, it's been, it's 30, gosh, how much is it in 2020, 38 years? So yeah, I, it, yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, it okay. seems like it just happened yesterday. <laughs> So back to the other question. My original point there was just for people that don't know, uh, uh, give us a little taste. What's the history? How did Metal Blade come so, to be? So real quick. So I was working at a record store in 1981 in L.A. And, and uh, I was a big fan of the new wave of British heavy metal, which was the big scene happening in England with Iron Maiden and Def Leppard and Saxon and all these bands. And I didn't know that there was any bands playing in Los Angeles. And somebody came in and said, hey, you know, there's bands in L.A. I said, there are? And the first show I went to was Motley Crue and Rat at the Troubadour for a dollar on a Wednesday. Get out. And I was like, wow, there are bands <laughs> here. Amazing. So this is way before the Internet or any of this sort of stuff. So nobody knew that these bands existed. So now, I kind of got I, it. Now, but I have to interrupt you. That doesn't seem like your scene. Like, I would have loved that show. No, but they were pretty heavy back then. Okay, actually. Motley and Rat at were the first, yeah, the first album was yeah. heavier. Yeah, they were yeah. doing. You know, Rat looked like Judas Priest at that point. It's much heavier. Um, but anyway, so I, Stephen I, looked the same though. Pretty much, pretty <laughs> he much. has looked the same for pretty thirty much. years. Pretty much. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, right. So I just got the idea to put together a compilation album to help the bands out. Uh, and this band, I was friends with this kid named Lars, and he put together a band called Metallica, and they ended up being on that record. And I put that out, not expecting to be a record label, but I did it. And then some distributors came and said, hey, we know you don't have any money, but you seem like you know, you look like what you're doing. We'll give you a distribution deal. Although that's cool. Then just started putting out more records and then discovered Armored Saint and Slayer and Trouble and on and on and on. How do you process that, though, at that age when somebody's offering you a distribution deal? I mean, because I mean, you don't know, you're not, you're no, not, you're not a business guy. You're, you're a no, kid. I was just a fan, but yeah. I thought it was, oh, this is a cool opportunity to help out some of these. I just wanted to help other people hear the music that we had here in LA. And mm-hmm. again, this is way before the internet and even tape trading back then was cool, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't this gigantic network. So the easiest way to do it was just to put out records because there were record stores and people would be able to buy it. And 
somebody in Kansas City could buy a record and know about bands playing in LA. So why not? And that you've just continued to network throughout your life through metal and meet a ton of fascinating people. We've talked about some of them before, like Josh Barnett, big metalhead. Yep. And now you guys are buddies. Like, how, how do you just hook up with Josh Barnett? So, well, former, lot, former UFC uh, champion, uh, for those that don't know. Yes, a lot of it is social media. Social mm-hmm. media is a, an easier way to meet a lot of people who have your same interests, which is really cool. Or you just, I think Josh, we met at a show. He's mm-hmm. at some metal show in here in LA and met him. And you can't uh, miss him. Yeah, right? Yeah, he's, he's pretty big. I didn't even know who he was at first, but somebody said, hey, that's Josh Barnett. I'm like, oh, cool. And then a friend of his walked up to him and said he wanted to meet me, so I met him. And super cool guy. I see him all the time. And there's so many people like that. Now I'm really lucky in Vegas where a really good friend of mine, Mike McKenna, who we all know used to play in the NHL, uh, is now the Knights broadcaster. So I see him all the time in Vegas, which is awesome. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of fun when it comes full circle like that, too. How did you meet Jericho? Uh, so I met Jericho through, I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh, it was at the Rainbow. And I was there with a bunch of people, and he was there, and somebody said he wanted to say hi to me. And I said, okay. So I walked over and said hi to him. And super nice guy's like, I'm a big Fates Warning fan, an Armored Saint fan. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, and he I, goes. He goes deep on the metal. Oh, like, no, I, oh I know. <laughs> he can I, really you know, nerd out. I'm not a. I'm not a wrestling guy, so he's not. You know, a nice guy and everything. So I see him at an Iron Maiden show about six months later. He goes, Brian, how you doing? I, I didn't really. I'm just like, oh, you know who I am. And then we became <laughs> friends, and now we're total Twitter. I'm sorry, it's total uh, texting metal nerds. Like at the last Slayer show, he was texting me for five minutes. Who's there? What are they doing? What's the, what's the set like? How's the what's the vibe like? <laughs> it's just funny. So he's a great guy. How how weird is that though? Even after all these years, when people want to meet you, like like you said, like you're not a wrestling guy, so Chris Jericho wanting to meet you is like, yeah, whatever, I'll, yeah, I'll meet I mean, that look, guy. It's fun to meet other people who are metalheads. I mean, it's just we're all in the same community, we're all metalheads, so it's fun to meet people, whether it's just a fan or if it's somebody that has some cachet someplace. I mean, it's always fun for me to kind of do the sports, get the sports thing, because of being a big hockey fan, a football fan, it's always nice to like meet guys. In, that are involved in those sports because to me that's fun because I'm like oh cool I get to meet this hockey player guy or football guy or whoever it is you know? wrestling not so much because I'm not in <laughs> sorry Chris didn't mean to sorry John hey yeah. so I've got a question about running a label so how do you you're the A and R guy so you probably get thousands of bands coming approaching to you sending you samples and stuff like that Brian how do you discern between what's good metal and what's not so good metal how, how do you make the choices you know that. That's the the question I get asked all the time, and there's really no answer. It's just whatever I if I hear something and like it, then I like it, and it's there's no rhyme or reason to it. I can put something in for five minutes and go, okay, that's interesting. I want to listen to more, or I can put it in for five minutes and go like, eh, on to the next thing. So well, just, are you listening to just, the, the guitarist or the bassist no, or the drummer? It's or just anything? something that hits me. It's not okay. there's really not a science to it. It's not. It's like, an art. I, I think the only thing I would say though is that I I like to listen to something that is different than what's going on now, like. For example, we have a band, the Black Dolly Murder, and right. you know, we get a lot of bands that, that sound like them. Well, I don't want to sign another band that sounds like them. I want to sign a band that sounds like something I haven't heard before. Sure. So unique and original definitely helps. But otherwise, there's really it, it just kind of is whatever hits me as a fan. I go, oh, that's cool. I want to work with them. That's simple as that, really. There, there are. It's not just metal though, because like Mother Feather to me is not. Metal. I don't know. Is, are they no, metal? No, they're like they're a rock and roll band. And we've mm-hmm. you know over the years we've done obviously we did the Goo Goo Dolls, which is quite a, a lot different than a lot of stuff we've done. Now that, that. I didn't know. Yeah, we did. The, really? Did you really not? <laughs> I did know not. That? I did not know yes. that. We did yeah. the Goo Maybe I erased it from my <laughs> brain. <laughs> I'm we sorry. The, we did the Goo Goo Dolls all the way through. A boy named Goo was on our label, and oh. Name was the song that we were heavily wow. involved with, and, and okay. became huge. Yeah. So, 
you wouldn't probably know that, but it's uh, no. it's if you I was listening to too much you, Whitechapel. Did you read the book? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> or you didn't read that chapter. I didn't read that but, chapter then. But uh, but we've you know we've toyed with stuff like that. You know we've done punk bands over the years, obviously like DRI and COC and and King's X and other things that aren't super metal because my my taste ranges through a lot of different stuff. So we always try to do different things. And Motherfeather is definitely a rock band, and it's oh like, for sure. I just thought they were awesome and cool and. So let's work with them. Why not? Mm-hmm. So, John, here's my story. About, I don't think I ever told you when I met Brian the first mm-hmm. time. Oh, this is the greatest story ever, by the way. Ever, right? And I was in, living in Tampa and writing for a website, and the PR person got to help me. Do you want to meet Brian Slagle? Heavy metal gun? And I'm like, yeah. He shows up at a St. Petersburg Parrots. St. Pete Parrots. EAHL game. I don't, I don't even remember what. League I think it was. it was like WHA 2 or something. something it was something. It was Some something. Super low minor super league. Super low minor league. There must have been 50 people. He shows up with Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> I'm like, what? no, six feet under, actually. Oh, is it six is, feet under? Okay. Which is the, the, six feet the under. remnants of Cannibal Corpse. And all these brooding, tall dreadlock. I'm like, what did I walk into here? Am I going to get jacked scared, here? Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay. And, and we sat- St. Petersburg, which is not the nicest part. Of yeah, exactly. Either. At the arena, and we were talking, and we actually remember asking about Britney Spears and all stuff, and it was the great, it was a great two and a half hours, and ever since then, we've been pals. And just the fact there was a St. Pete Parrots game. Yeah. So that team lasted about... I don't know, half a season. That was John. Brian says, yeah, why don't we meet at the hockey game? I'm like, what <laughs> hockey game? CP, I'm like, okay. Empty parking lot, empty arena. And yeah. he shows up with these. <laughs> wherever wherever you are, you have to hit a hockey game. And you don't seem to to have any care in the world about what the league is. Oh, oh no. It's what the level of hockey is. You will, hockey go, you will go to any game. Pretty much. I think I've seen, I, I've definitely seen a game in every single league in, the, in North America. Oh, mm-hmm. except for, and this is really... Probably my, top of my bucket list, the the Quebec League, the okay. LNAH, where all the fighters and stuff. The are. fighting league, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been, I haven't been up there yet, but I've seen a game every other league. I've been to all the, you know. And you've you've had ownership in teams too, right? I you, I owned a bunch of teams in the minor leagues, yep. which I highly recommend people do not do. It's not a good way <laughs> to make money, uh, but it was interesting to say the least. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. I mean, I I used I was part of the old Central Hockey League, uh, which uh, you know I was part of the helping them build arenas. We build a bunch of arenas around the country, like in Laredo and Hidalgo and Prescott Valley and all these places. And Brad Treliving was the president of the league at that point, who now is the, of course, GM of the Calgary Flames. Slags, can you tell the story about Palm Springs? Or would you rather not? Oh, uh, sure. So when I was... I think this is where you want me to go. So well, it's I, timely now because they're building a building and I they're know. getting a team and everything. So yeah. So when I was when I was part of the Central Hockey League, one thing that I was doing, and, and this also was kind of a music thing too, because we were looking for venues that you know six to eight thousand venues that that metal bands could go play or rock bands or anybody. So I had a place out in the desert in uh, in uh, India, right next to Fantasy Springs Casino, and I thought this area could use an arena. It'd be really awesome. So I stopped, talked to the city council in India, and they were really into it. And there was one councilman there who loved the idea. They were all into it. We we got pretty far down the road. And then 2008 hit, and then everything just went off the rails, and it kind of went away. And now all of a sudden here, whatever, it's 11 years later, Mark Misty and his team are building a re- an arena out in Palm Springs. So I feel I have like a tiny, tiny connection <laughs> to that, but it's cool they're doing it. What do you think about uh, the – we talked uh, before um, offline, and Dennis and I have talked about it on the podcast. What do you think about the idea of Vegas putting their AHL team in the Vegas market and having two pro hockey teams there? Well, as a fan, I'm I'm salivating at that because having two teams in the same market means I can get to go to a hockey game almost every night of the week. So I love that. I, I think it'll work. You know, the, the the team is so loved there. I mean, right now there's 6,000-person waiting list for season tickets, and 
that's about the size of the Orleans Arena. So I, the, the fact that they sell out preseason games, 17,000 people, and they're, you can't even get into their practices anymore because there's so many people going, I think, it'll, I think it'll work really well there. Now, the, always the big question mark, is it going to work well there in 10 years? Because, mm-hmm. right. you know, minor league hockey is a little tricky because I know, for example, I mean, it works in Toronto, I think, because their team, the Marlies, are there. San Jose struggled. It's a not bit. working, yeah. It's definitely not working there. But from I an think, attendance standpoint, from a fan standpoint, yeah, I mean, it works I think, organizationally. I think the problem for San Jose is just in, it's in a big arena. At least in Vegas, would be yeah. Orleans, which is I think six, seven thousand people. So I think it would be great. I think it would be awesome for the team, and certainly it'd be easier to to monitor players and call them up and all that sort of stuff too. Early on, there was talk about building a, about a 2,500-seat arena there in San Jose, um, I guess nearby or next to their practice facility, and there hasn't been a lot of talk of that uh, lately. But uh, your guy over here to the right, DB, is is thinking about joining you at some point, uh, yeah. DB. You, you yes. want to give some some breaking news? Or no, is that no, still, no breaking uh, news. We, we've looked in Summerlin. Um, it's, it's beautiful. Brian... You know, three thumbs up from Brian. He says, you got to get out oh, here. Yeah, it's I'm, great. I, that's my job now is to get everybody out to Vegas. <laughs> he's, he's I, think you're the, I think you're the uh, the next mayor of Las Vegas. No, that's my buddy Scotty over there is the mayor. But, uh, but I, I'm definitely part of the city, the, the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, okay. All right. Out to Vegas, whatever you need. Are you doing like Kiwanis Club uh, pancake breakfast and everything? No, Welcome definitely in. not. That's not <laughs> Okay, happen. so Brian, so for the people that think that the Vegas is just a strip, tell them why you love living there at this point. So, you know, it's weird for me because I, I grew up my, and lived my entire life in Los Angeles. And, and love Los Angeles. But then I, I bought a house in Vegas just really as a, a weekend desert house. I love the desert. And I had places in Phoenix and, as I mentioned, in, in the California desert as well. But the place out there, I just started spending time there and realizing, man, people, everybody out here is really nice. Away from the Strip, it's a whole different community right. there. No traffic, which is None. probably big on my list. As much as I love LA, the traffic area, the other night I went to, to be two and a half hours to get to King Diamond in Anaheim. Uh, and every just a real sense of, of community there. It'd be so cool. You go there. What do you need? And yep. you know, there's so much to do there. There's you know shows and restaurants. And I'm you know hooked in with all these. Housing still affordable. Housing still super super affordable compared yeah. to the way it is here. It's brand new and and they're I think that they're doing really good out there with the infrastructure of the city too. Whereas it's growing, they're making sure that. It, the freeways are bigger, and it, it just they're doing the right stuff out there. I really love it out there. I, I really love the people there. It's a, it, it's a small town feel, which I've never had. You know, growing up in LA and, and spending a lot of time in New York, so I, I really do love it out there. It's it's a it's a great place to go, and it's definitely much different than yeah. what you think that the strip is. You know, back in the day, we did a feature with you with all your hockey jerseys, and you have two thousands of them. What you had a house in Phoenix just to store the. Do you still have the jerseys? I still have the jerseys, and now I have a house in, in Henderson that, that <laughs> stores store them. them. Yeah, in wow. fact, I think... Uh, so, What's the count up to? Uh, it's it's actually gotten a little bit less. less. I, I was up to 2,500. I think I'm down to about 1,800 because I gave about 800 to the Violent Gentleman guys to, oh, really? to give away. As, we're going to do some promotion or something with them at some point. And they're just, you know, thirds and fourths I have of, of various things. But I still have, I still have 800 game warns. And I still have all my, you know, I have, you know, autographed... I have like forty sticks too. I realize like Yager, Lemieux, Gretzky sticks, uh, Baumgart- Ken Baumgartner sticks, jerseys, all sorts of stuff. So it's it's about seventeen fifty, and wow. they're all out now in Vegas. In fact, the Knights through Mike McKenna, I guess the Knights are going to do some sort of little special on the. Is there on one the special there. jersey you have? There's a couple. I mean, I have, and this is a weird story too. So I I have an autographed Gordy Howe jersey to me to Bryant. Mm-hmm. 
because there was a band in Detroit that desperately wanted to sign to Metal Blade, and they knew I was a hockey fan, and somehow there was a connection to Gordy Howe. So they actually went and got this jersey, sent me the demo with this Gordy Howe That's jersey. Crazy. Wow. I had to turn the band down, which I felt terrible because oh, the jersey come on. is amazing. You couldn't just sign them. <laughs> You know, I know, right? I for probably, an EP? Just I, probably, I probably should have, right? <laughs> a split 45 with another band? Honestly, it was terrible. It was really terrible. It's uh, even worse. It really ter- oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, but there's that. I have an autographed Lemieux jersey, the original Penguin jersey, which is cool. I have an autographed Gretzky All-Star jersey. So those are probably Which the, All-Star? The orange one? Uh, no, this was the pur- uh, purple one. I'm trying to remember where it was from. Uh, no, when he's with the Kings. So. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that, all that stuff's pretty cool. Where is it? Where, where are the, the special ones? Are they framed anywhere? Do you have an office that you have yes, these in? No, or? I have a house in Henderson. No, but they're, so they're just for the jerseys. What I meant was, do they get a special location or they're oh. just with all the other jerseys, just hanging out with all the other kids? So the the uh, <laughs> the Howe and the Gretzky are hanging out with all the other kids. Okay. And Lemieux is, I got it, it was already framed when I got it. So, uh, But I didn't frame the other ones yet just because, I don't know, they're just kind of cool hanging out. What about your favorite album? Like do you, not not musically, but like, do you have like a piece of whether it was the first pressing of a Metallica one or uh, oh, could wow. have been Slayer? Could have been like that's a good question. Ah, that's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, my favorite album of all time is Number of the Beast, but I have a bunch of that. So, favorite album? I don't really know. Is that, that I, when you and Eddie Trunk geeked out over the ten? Of course. Iron, yeah. Okay. Of course. Of course. Always. <laughs> uh, I don't. May, I mean, probably you know one of the first Metal Massacre because we only did twenty five hundred copies of the very first version where we. Famously misspelled Metallica, M-E-T-T-A-L-L-I-C-A. So that's probably, having a few of those is probably pretty cool. Have you uh, picked up that URL yet in case anybody wants to drive web traffic there? Or? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's probably a squatter somewhere. Some, that, that somebody's got to have it at this point. I'm there sure. are no good URLs left, by the way, of, of, of anything of, of any sort. No. They're, they're, all, they're all taken. They need a new, like, you know, dot something or other, dot metal or something. <laughs> dot metal? Yeah. That would be great. That. Let's wrap it up here today. First of all, thanks again for coming on. We certainly thanks appreciate it. Me. But it would be, it, we would be remiss to not get some of your hot takes on the Kings. Uh, some people loved your takes. Some people despised what you had to say on Kings of the Round <laughs> I Table. Know, so I know. let's I, hit a couple of uh, current Kings players. Well, let's kick it off with I mean, one guy. Well, one, one thing I'll say, though. <laughs> Kovalchuk. One thing I'll say, yeah, right. One thing I'll say about that real quick is I mean, I, well, I've been a Kings fan forever and a season ticket all forever. So I love the Kings. And I, I, I'm critical of them because I love them. So that I'll, I'll just say Tough that. Tough love. But okay. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, hey, I was the guy, though, and I will full, fully admit that on the internet when they got Mike Richards. That is a terrible deal. They never should have done that deal. <laughs> and two Stanley Cups later. There you go. Okay, so well, with still have so with, so with anyway. that type of an intro on your player evaluation, wow. Well, let's see, yeah, Jeff, really, not too good. Let's, let's start with Kovalchuk. Then Kovalchuk, that, yeah. Dennis brings up is seventeen. Still, is he still playing? Uh, no. Well, he's not playing currently. He's owed some money, a couple million dollars here in a few weeks, and then we'll see what happens. But what do you think of his of his time of his tenure? Do you have an opinion about it? I mean, you know, it it it's one of those things where I think it's really difficult for a guy to, to come back from the, to the NHL after being away, even in an elite league like the KHL and being an elite player there, it's just hard to come back and, and play at the same level here. So I, I actually thought he was going to be pretty good when he came back. Even on the round table, I said, you know, if he, if he comes back and is, you know, 50, 60% of the player used to be, he's going to be pretty good. And it just didn't quite fit in, I guess. Mm-hmm. Jeff Carter, where do you stand? Uh, I like Jeff Carter. I just think he's, you know, the the game is so fast now, and he's, you know, gotten older. And I just don't know that his style of play is is a perfect fit for where the Kings are. I mean, he could be a really good fit, like a, a you know, a third or fourth liner on a really good team. But I think where the Kings are going, you know, you got to figure out you're going to rebuild, you're not going to rebuild. And you know, I love all these guys that were here for the Stanley Cup, but at some point, some point you got to start making moves. I guess. 
DB just uh, ordered up a, a Kempe jersey for Christmas. Oh, yeah. So, two. Uh, a two? Yeah. One autographed and one to wear. Oh, yeah. okay, for you and PJ. Got yeah, it. Matching. Uh, Adrian Kempe, have you updated any of your thoughts on I mean, number I might, it's probably pretty much the same. I mean, I think, you know, he's got a lot of skill. And I, I, what really does impress me about him is two things. He, he's got good size and he uses it. I mean, knocked over Tom Wilson at the game the other night, which was good. Um, and he's a really very good defensive player, too. So, again, like as a, a guy who's a, you know, third or fourth liner, he's good. I just think it's tough to put him as a top six forward at this point. In the past, you have been up to speed on the prospects. Are you aware of some of the, the prospects, some of the younger players? Does anybody stand where, out, any uh, of them that you like? Uh, Mikey Anderson, right? Oh, love Mikey Anderson. I think he's great. I think he's got I, – I want to see him skate a little bit better, but that's – you know, that can be fixed these days with power skaters and all sorts. But I like his game. I like his game a lot. I think he's going to be a good, solid NHLer. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? I don't know. You know, the other guys, I want to see the World Junior Championships this year. Because can Can't wait. How many? Nine. S nine players. Nine. So, to me, I'm a huge fan of that tournament. I've gone to it eight or nine times in person. I, it's a really see, good Dennis, indicator. See, you and Mayor, yeah. <laughs> you guys are on that train. It's a really Express good indicator of, of how players are going to play in the NHL. Because really, you, you see them play against elite players. Sometimes if you're seeing them play in you know, college or the OHL and they're dominant, you're not sure how they're going to be in the NHL. But now they're playing against the top peers. Mm -hmm. I love that tournament. And with nine players there, you're going you're gonna, to – hopefully the Kings are come out with three or four solid prospects. Because, look, if they can do that and you still got, you know – Dowdy and Kopitar and a couple of these guys still kind of in the prime of their career. You never know. They could turn it around and be a good team in a couple in a year or two. I'm looking for a sponsor to get to the Czech Republic. I'm disappointed that I'm going to have to miss the World Juniors this year. So is there, uh, are there any bands over there you need me to go scout for you? Uh, I'll go for cheap. Just oh, okay. airfare me, is all I need to get to the Czech me, Republic. You never know. Let me find out. Okay. It's, it's very possible. I would be happy to do that for you. The World Junior Tournament, uh, I agree with you. I, I just keep telling everybody. We talk about it on the show all the time. Totally Dennis, out, Dennis, <laughs> He can't wait. Dennis is He's uh, salivating for boxing. I am. Let me, well, it's this fantastic. Is, this is how I try to explain it because people go, from music people go, Why? what are you doing? Why are you going there? So it's basically like, seeing the, ne the next 10 greatest bands all play in clubs the same week. And that's what the world junior. You're like seeing all the best players. Yeah, yeah you're seeing yeah. all the best players are going to play in the NHL all in one week, all being And if people don't believe you, they can go back three or four years and see who played in those I tournaments. I mean, every single major NHL player all the right. way back to Star, back to Wayne Gretzky all played the world junior. Yep. Everybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely true. Last thing. Going to have to let you go on this one, though. Punk Rock Bowling, we've talked about that now. This yes. is our third straight show. Uh, so, Dennis, just to show you how eclectic his <laughs> taste is, Slagle never seems to amaze me. I bug him to go to uh, Punk Rock Bowling for a couple years. He finally shows up. And who is he there to see? The Mighty Mighty Bostones, which <laughs> how does that fit into? I would have never expected of all the bands. And there were some good, even heavy bands that were oh. there. And you're like, no, I'm here to see Mighty Mighty Bostones. So, uh long time ago, a friend, uh, the girl I was dating was really into the Bostones. And I, I she... Played their first first album, I think, and I go, this is really f super fun. And the second record came out, that was amazing. Went to see them. They're one of the most fun bands I've ever seen live. Then I got to know them as people, and they're some of the best people I've ever met. And uh, I, I love those guys. So anytime I have a chance to go see them, I'm there. And I will be there at Punk Rock Bowling again this year. Also excited for Greg Hetson and the Circle Jerks reunion. Too. Absolutely. That's going to be awesome. There's, a, there's actually a It's finally happening. Bands. I mean, I just can't believe it's finally happening because it's been talked about for so many Forever, years. Yeah, and Greg is always sort of 
been somewhat pessimistic that it would finally get done. And then, you know, and in, and in typical Greg fashion, it's very understated. Like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're yeah, back together. We're yeah. doing, yeah, yeah, we're going to go tour next year. Wait, hold on, Greg, what? <laughs> Circle Jerks, yeah, we're going to play punk rock bowling. Oh, it's fantastic. So I uh, can't wait. That. So you're going to be there. Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, we convinced Hammer, who's never been, because he says that Vegas is too hot at the end of May. <laughs> but, uh, that's what he said, but on the last yeah. show. Well, he doesn't like the sweater, yeah. though. It's the, it's the orange countiness in him there. <laughs> I tried explaining <laughs> to him. The there. venue is great, though, because yeah. it's shaded after 2 o'clock. So no one's going to die of, of, of no. heat stroke. It's not that bad to make. It's not heat stroke. It's just sweat. Okay, of sweat. Yeah. So Hammer is now, he's on board. He's he promises he's going to go. Yes. So uh, DB, now we need to get you to punk rock bowling, and we'll do uh, we'll do yeah. a Kings of the Podcast live. You can come scout some spots in Summerland for <laughs> well, your future residents. Ontario rain game, punk rock bowling. He won't yes. drive out to uh, Ontario for a game coming from the Valley. He says it's too far. Irwindale. Oh. Yeah, he, traffic he, in Irwindale. He thinks that, that driving stops in Irwindale. He can't mm. make it any further east. No. Well, I mean, I get the traffic out of it. I'm trying to go. I'm going to the Grammys this year because we have a Kill Switch Engagers nominated. Awesome. Uh, but I, that's also the same weekend as the AHL All-Star Game in Ontario. So I'm like, hmm. I have two problems with that. Number one is the I have to go to the second day. Well, the actual All-Star Game, which is fine. Which is Monday. Monday. Which is Monday. But I also have to convince my, convince my girlfriend to go. And she's not. She likes hockey, but we'll see. And she's coming in from out of state, though, also. Yes. Has she been to California before? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Slags, it was awesome to have you on. I know we went a little bit over of the time that we asked for, but uh, thanks for stopping by, talking music, talking hockey. And, uh, yes, if you need me for the Czech Republic, <laughs> you have my number. I'll keep you in mind for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> thanks, guys. Have appreciate a good one. It. Thanks, Brian. Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. All right, DB, third period. Wow, that was that was a long second period, John. But well, worth every minute of it. Fantastic segment yeah, with Brian Slagle. Uh, we've like with so many of our recent guests, DB. I feel like we need to do longer segments. I could do a full, full show. Hour. Yeah, a full Absolutely show junk. with Brian Slagle. We'll have to get him back on. Maybe we'll get up to Vegas and do a, a yeah. Kings of the Podcast remote show from Let's up there. Do that. Uh, look, normally we come into the third period, we do the rain report, but we have some other stuff to cover today. I do want to give you one quick AHL. I'll give you two AHL notes, though. Um, one is following up on a story that we had on Mayor's Manor many years ago that has not been talked about of late, but now I have some update and breaking news here. There is a brand new hockey arena that is scheduled to be built in the state of California. Where? In San Jose. Now, it's not for the Sharks. It's for the Barracuda. Okay. So, longtime readers of Mayor's Manor will remember that when we were first uh, breaking the news about the AHL West and trying to talk Mm -hmm. about where they were going to plot all these teams, San Jose had looked at a number of different markets. They actually looked at Stockton before Calgary went in there. Mm -hmm. They passed on Stockton. They passed on Fresno. They also passed on Sacramento. And they ultimately decided to put things in San Jose. In their building. And have the team. They were going to temporarily. I'm doing air quotes. People can't see this right now. But they were going to temporarily play out of the shark tank or the cage, as Daryl Sutter calls it. (laughs) And uh, they wanted to build about a 4,000, 4,500-seat arena next to their practice facility. Okay. And then it just sort of never went anywhere. And I'd sort of long since forgotten about it. Um, but things have not really worked out well having both teams yeah. playing out of that building. And, and, I, and I wrote at the time, I never thought that it would because how does the local media and even the fan base sort of 
delineate between the two. How unless you separate a, the two, unless right. you're a diehard fan, you know which team is playing which day and whatnot. Right. But most of the attention is going to be focused on the Sharks. So what's yeah. it going to be like? Where you could say that the Rain play in the same market, but they really don't. No, right? They Agreed. do, but they don't. Like they do compared to the Gulls, who aren't in the same market as right. the Ducks. Right. But they're far enough it's away. Like if the Rain played at Staples Center. It's far enough away, and they have their own building. Their that own that, building, that yeah. it makes it makes things a little bit different. Right. So the the Barracuda, from what I understand, there's one more meeting, one more big hurdle to clear, and they're looking to break ground as early as the spring. That's yeah. the plan, and get this new. I Fantastic. think it's about a four thousand seat building, which would be phenomenal. And then the Barracuda would get their own staff instead yeah. of sharing everything, and it would really would be great yeah. for them. You have the new building coming online um, in Palm Springs, like we were just right. talking yes. with uh, Slagle about. So a lot of fun stuff, good stuff happening. And DB, there's even some rumors and talk that there could be a new building down in San Diego really? for the goals. The city of San Diego, which I guess owns the building, mm-hmm. um, is talking about doing a whole redevelopment of that area down there, including building a new Great arena. City. And allegedly, they have the land already to do it. The city does. So, Well, the Chargers ain't coming back. But they <laughs> must build another building for somebody that wants to actually play there. Here's my second tidbit, DB, and this is more of a funny story. Uh, I'm not sure if it's as funny as the kid who said Corey Perry but no. uh, it's important to remember who your friends are. Let me tell you a quick story. Absolutely, so uh, DB, I'm in a hurry. I'm shaving the other night, getting ready to go to the rain game. And I happened to, the phone rang and I happened to nick my ear okay. uh, with a razor. It's one of those things We've where you've all you, been there. Yeah. yeah. But a hundred times you would do it a thousand yeah. times. It never happens. Right? right. And I didn't realize that it was bleeding a little bit. So I get in the car as I'm driving there and I happen to look in the rear view mirror and I, um, I see that my ear is bleeding. Oh, wow. What do I have in the car? I grab a napkin that I just happen yeah, to have. I right. wad it up into like a ball and I stick it between my head and my ear, kind of like where your sunglasses go. Yeah. Okay. So I stick that napkin in there. Okay. I drive 15, 20 minutes more to the arena. I park the car. I get out. I go inside. I see the ladies at the uh, media check-in desk. Hey, girls, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know, get the, get the lineup sheet for the night. I take the elevator up. I see the same lady every game. I'm talking to the lady in the LA. Hey, how you doing? Great to be here. Blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole thing. Oh, great night. How's the weather? You know, all that stuff. I walk upstairs. I'm sitting there. I, I, talk, I see a couple scouts I'm talking to in there in the, as we're watching warm-ups. Um, I happen to go downstairs. I get tacos and a drink. I walk back up. I see one of our friends sitting there talking for 15 minutes. Nobody says anything. No one told you. In between the first period, uh, in, in intermission, I should say, I'm walking over to talk to uh, Z- uh, Zach Dooley, uh, Duels, uh, the PR guy for the Ontario Reign. We're chatting it up about something, and he has sort of a perplexed look on his face, <laughs> and I'm wondering what's going on, and then he looks and he says, what, what's wrong? And I said, nothing. Why? What's going on? And he points to my ear and he goes, were you bleeding? Or? And I said, oh, and I, and I reach up and I grab it. DB, I have no idea that it was there, okay? In the, during, in the drive, I'm rocking out, listening to music, and I just forgot that it was there. And all of these people, no. DB, I talked to all these, nobody I'm says- i offending you. Nobody says a word. Nobody says anything. And here I am, Happy Jack, touring the whole building, talking to everybody, Mr. Social Butterfly. Nobody told me. So thanks to Duels for getting my- He saved you. He did. Save her. He did. So I appreciate that. So Duels, I owe you one. Uh, DB, the Kings yeah. this week, they have two games at home. Well, actually, two games in SoCal. One game at home against mm-hmm. the New York Rangers, the aforementioned Rams night. Yes. Uh, pre-game this for us. Give us a couple of uh, things that the people should be looking at with the Rangers coming uh, to the town. The Rangers, look, it's going to be an exciting game, and the guy that they should have signed, Artemi Panarin's doing that. No, oh, my God. Are you really going to bring that up again? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bring it Okay, up. all right. He's been doing great for them. Um, big win for them uh, last uh, Sunday night in uh, in Vegas. Five nothing shut out. They look really good. Uh, look, it's going to be an entertaining game because the the 
you're going to have a lot of shots. I think you might even see 35 or 40 shots for each team. A lot of offense, a lot of excitement. Um, it's always great having an original six team in the building and a New York team in the building. So I think it'll be a fun game. It won't be a lot of defense. Um, Puncher's chance to win the game, but the Rangers are playing much better at this point in time because they have – Kako. They have Crowder starting to play better. Uh, Panarin's been as advertised. So it's going to be good, exciting. And they have Jacob Truber, who's really helping their power play. So I think it's going to be a good, fun, exciting game. And hopefully there'll be a little bit more juice in the building with, uh, you know, because there's always transplants, transplants, transplant fans in the building. It's a tough one, DB. It's a tough one, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's always good to see an original six team in the, in, in the building. So that'll be fun. All right, so that's Tuesday night, the Rangers. And, yes, uh, L.A. fans will have their first opportunity to, to see what could have been in Kako. He'll be, uh, yes. He's scheduled to be in the lineup, so that'll be fun. On Thursday night, in a weird scheduling quirk, right? we were yeah. just down in Anaheim for that game, uh, covering that game a couple uh, – well, you could go, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and now now we're headed back down there. Yep. Well, actually, it's not going to be a week because I don't think you're going to that I'm game, right? So it's – I am going. <laughs> I'm going to be in Denver for a couple of days. I'm, I'm okay. getting back on Thursday. But, but it, <laughs> if it's anything like the last game, Sean, I wouldn't go anyway. That was a really boring frigging game. Yeah. Against and, and look, Anaheim's in the same boat as the Kings are, and it's the thing. And this is the the precautionary tale, John. Remember, like a season or two ago, maybe eighteen months ago, you talked about Troy Terry and Jones yes. and all those players. Sam Steele. Uh, Sam Steele and all those players are now in Anaheim, and none of them are scoring. And that's the issue. That's a problem with this team is that they're as poor offensively as the Kings are. So it's going to be an even match. Uh, Kings have to start better. They didn't have a good start the other night, and. If, uh, the the one thing the one takeaway from their three two loss in uh, against Winnipeg for the Ducks for me is that um, the Ryan Getzlaff dropped them with Nikolai Ehlers. Like I mean, you would think, what's Nico, Nick Ehlers doing fighting, um, you know, uh, Ryan Getzlaff? But that was very very interesting. But I think that's going to be, you know, to me, the Thursday night game smells like a three two two one game. To be honest with you, because it's just. Not a lot of offense. Well, I will say this. Yeah. I do believe the Ducks are a little bit uh, ahead of the curve compared to the Kings because so many of their forwards, their kids, that is, um, have that NHL experience. Yes, I would agree with you, though. A little bit disappointing that we haven't yeah. seen more offensive output from Comtois, Sam Steele, yep. all those guys. I was surprised they sent Max Jones down and he didn't play against the Kings in the last game right. because earlier he um, played pretty well against L.A. So we'll have to see which of the kids. It, it's it's that I-5 Express. They have a yeah. bus going back yeah, and oh, forth yeah. between in San Diego all the time. Yeah. So we'll have to see which of the kids are actually in the lineup. Yep. All right. So DB, to wrap up today's show here, yeah. uh, I want to talk about another uh, timely topic, which is the Board of Governors meeting this week. Yes. So the uh, NHL Board of Governors, they're getting together. They're going to be with Gary Bettman. They're going to talk Palm about- Palm Beach. They're, yeah. They're, they're always in some nice location. Yeah. Uh, at some nice- They were uh, at uh, Anschutz uh, Resort in Georgia last time. Sea Legs, I th- is yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they've also had it at the Broadmoor before, yes. I, I believe as well, which of course will be out there for the uh, outdoor game coming up in February. Yeah. Anyway, um, the point to this is there are a number of topics on the table. Three of them stand out to me that I just wanted to run by you real sure. quickly. One, they're going to give an update on the salary cap situation. And the cautionary tale here is yeah. that the number that you're going to hear this week, be advised, that's not really the final number because last year at this time, the Board of Governors meeting in December, they right. put out a number that ended up being a little bit higher. Right. So it comes out, it came out a little bit lower yeah. once they got to June. But um, there's going to be some talk about the salary cap. Any any thoughts or comments? Yeah, I think Elliot Friedman had mentioned that... Um, uh, that it might be a situation where the cap might be lower, but the let escrow is going to be lower, mm-hmm. and that might help uh, uh, enact the uh, inflator. 
the five percent escalator. Yeah, five escalator. Okay. So that so look out for that. So, uh, but I don't think there's going to be a big move. Uh, I mean, there's not going to be a big move. The the big move will come when the U.S. new TV contract kicks in a couple of seasons from now, which hopefully will uh, add some revenue to to the to the pot. That's right, exactly to the HRR, which of course we all of course. we all lived through HRR during That's the last why outdoor games. HRR, <laughs> the last lockout. Um, the second item, DB, is there's going to be an update on the Seattle expansion process. Yeah. Now, from what I understand, they're not going to be uh, releasing the name just. Just yet. Okay. I'm curious of the timing of when the name is going to be released, though, because the league does like to make big announcements around their big events. Yeah. So normally something that's big related to the league happens around either the Winter Classic or even the All-Star Game. But do you, I don't remember, do you happen to remember when did they announce the Vegas name? Because I would almost want to see that as a standalone event. You don't need to yeah, do that at one of those big NHL events. I don't events. think it was tied into any okay. NHL event. But, and they also have the opportunity to do it at the draft or the NHL awards. Uh, so maybe the only thing it'll I can be, see be no 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 it's coming in the next couple of months the name oh, is the name is supposed to happen I think it'll be here how about this before the trade deadline so if you want to kind of calendar okay, it I think it's even going to happen before the uh, the, the end of January before the All Star you know what I'm saying you can if they decide now what the name is somebody's going to leak it so it's not the Kraken. It's not the crack. No. Okay. So I think we're pretty confirmed we'll on that. Okay. Well, right. allegedly. I guess we'll find out when they make the official <laughs> announcement. Now, item number three, DB, my phone is literally buzzing as we're sitting here because yeah. we're going to go out. We don't, you don't even know this. We just installed earlier today a brand new hotline, the fourth period hotline, and we have a special guest who's going to join us uh, for this third and final point here. So joining us now on the fourth period hotline, Dave Panyota. Where, where are you today? You're coming back from the <laughs> Douglas? You're coming back from Vancouver? I am, yeah, in, in Vancouver, and I've uh, been here the last few days. Got my photo shoot a couple of days ago, so a uh, little, little Canadian West Coast action, and back to Toronto I go. That Douglas is fantastic. I stayed there during the uh, World Juniors, what, a year and a half ago or so, or I guess it was only a year ago. It seems like forever ago, but uh, what a great hotel. Yeah, it's fantastic, and uh, uh, attached to the, to the uh, casino here, so certainly... Um, so some entertainment if, if you're looking for it. I was not that particular weekend. But anyway, look, the reason we wanted to have you on is that we wanted to hit one of the key points in the Board of Governors meeting that's going to be discussed this week is a modified version of the 2021 uh, World Cup. What, do, what are you hearing about this new mini tournament that they're talking about? Yeah, they, they've, been, they've been throwing this idea uh, around for, for a while. Um, of Look, basically, it's, it's, there's not enough time to piece together an international tournament um, for how quickly these guys want to do it, which is effectively not this coming January, obviously, but, but next January, kind of in season, sub out the all-star weekend for this kind of mini tournament. Uh, six teams is kind of what has been discussed. Um, and it wouldn't be a full on world cup of hockey. It would be like, like I said, kind of like this little, um, seven to 10 day kind of tournament hmm. that's, uh, again, would only deal with would only you know handle six teams, um, but kind of substitute for for a world, world cup of hockey, and then try to aim for an official world cup of hockey in 2024, uh, which is two years after the Olympics, right in between. So it's also leaving room for the possibility of some Olympic talk uh, for 2022 or 2026. Yeah, 2022 in Beijing, that would be great. And then another World Cup in 2024, multiple cities perhaps, like we've talked about before. But So what you're saying is that this mini tournament could potentially replace the All-Star game then, and it would be around late January. 
Dave? <laughs> again, kind of like what they had with the last World Cup. Hold on, Dave, Dave. We lost you completely. I'll ask the question again. Or you, so, Dave, you're, you're talking about a, a tournament that would happen in late January and would, would replace the All-Star game. Yeah, there's, there's been discussion of, of, of that, and there's been some talk of September as well. Um, you know, kind of what they had with the last World Cup, start of the season, mm-hmm. everybody kind of gets going after that. But, um, yeah, there's still, there's still some talking points. And, and the, the thing with this is this is the joint effort between the NHL and the NHLPA. And speaking to some people within the NHL over the last month, um, the, the league is kind of ready to go on this. It sounds like, or at least the way that they're positioning it, is that they're just kind of waiting for the NHLPA to, to get on board. Um, and you know what? We don't. We're not sure yet. And and they're going to certainly leverage as much as they can um, for for this. It obviously wasn't as big of a money, you know, grab as as a lot of people thought it could be the last World Cup anyway. So they've got to make sure that they've got everything aligned. And to put a tournament together really in a 12-month span is ridiculously difficult. So that's why they're going to try to, you know, condense it. And then, okay, let's discuss Olympics all over again. And for an actual proper tournament, let's do it right in 2024, three years later. Sounds good. Well, Dave Panyota, thanks for uh, dropping in on a, on a moment's notice and being our, our first guest ever on our brand new fourth period <laughs> hotline. Thank you. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. I'm honored, guys. Thanks. So, DB, there you go. First ever guest on the fourth hotline. period hotline. Yeah, you could talk to him. I talked to the guy. <laughs> I'm good with him. couple notes there about the, uh, the potential of a little mini tournament, Great. perhaps replacing the all-star game. Yep. Not this coming year, uh, uh, but the year after. So another great segment, DB, or great show, DB. Uh, yep. Brian Slagle coming on, talking hockey, and uh, certainly talking some music as well. It's been an outstanding hour here. A lot of fun. Uh, episode 15, so uh, we'll talk to you soon, fans. At Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply.